You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Molly and the band, thank you so much. He is beautiful. He is beautiful. He is the one. The only one who is worthy of our worship. And I hope you're doing well today. I want to remind you of some things before we dive into the word. Firstly, I want to remind you that God is for you. And if he's for you, who can be against you? I want to remind you today that you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation belonging to God. I want to remind you that he called you out of darkness and into his glorious light. I want to remind you today that he chose you in him before the foundations of the earth. And you are his workmanship, his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for you to do. And I want to remind you today, if you know the Lord Jesus, if he is your Lord and Savior, that your name is written in heaven, that it, it cannot be removed. I want to remind you today that nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not not famine or sword or persecution or hardship or height or depth or death or life. Nothing can separate you from his love and he is with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And I want to remind you today that even if you feel useless, he can still use you because he is God and he delights to use you. We're going to build on where we were last week as we looked at the miracle through our hands. And we're going to build this week and the next two or three weeks over this idea of a miracle through our hands that just as Jesus put a miracle through the hands of the disciples as they went to villages and as they broke bread and fish and, and fed a multitude of people, that God wants to put a miracle through our hands. This is how he works. So if you're like, this is a miracle through our hands part two, but if you want a title just for today, it would be this. There is no plan B. There is no plan B. I, I know sometimes it's good to have another option. Maybe you've been to a restaurant and perused the menu and chosen on something and then the waiters come to your table and you've excitedly told them what, what you want to have and then they said, oh, I'm sorry, we, we've run out of that. And you have to look back at the menu and go for something else. I, I once went out for some food and, and my first option was not available. I looked back at the menu and I, I picked out something else, my second option. And I, and I said, oh, can I have this instead? And the waiter said, oh, I'm sorry, we're out of that. And I looked a third time and I, I went to my plan C and, and I asked for that. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, we're out of that. I was like, look, is it easier for you to tell me what you do have? And I thought, is he going to make me go through every dish and then say, I'm sorry, we're not actually serving food today. Sometimes we need a plan B. But I want to tell you that in God... His purpose in the earth, there is only plan A. His plan to bring the kingdom in the earth and his plan A is to do it through his people. It is to do it through the church. It is to put a miracle and miracles through the hands of his people. He's ordained it before the foundations of the earth. It's his plan A and there is no plan B. The Bible tells us that he found David, a man whose heart was beating after God and God said of him, he would do anything I ask him to do and God put a miracle through his hands and established a kingdom in Israel. Availability, his plan A to use us. I want to remind us today that we are the church and the church is God's plan and the plan 
is now. I wonder if you'd come with me firstly to Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus in Caesarea Philippi turns to the disciples and said, different people are saying different things about me, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. And this is what Jesus says to him, verses 17 to 19, reading from the New King James, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus says, I will build my church, where he says on, on this rock, we believe this is the revelation that Peter had that Jesus is the Christ. Friends, we cannot come to God without Jesus. We cannot bypass him. He is Lord and Savior. He is the answer to the nations. And he says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Jesus has been building his church and he continues to build his church. And he wasn't speaking about a venue, a synagogue or a temple. He was talking and he is talking about a people. Don't get me wrong, I believe buildings in our culture are incredibly significant. And here I'm speaking to you from our church building. Later today, for our live recording experience, people will come into our church building. There will come a day, hopefully not too long from now, when we will gather together again in one place as the people of God and we will sing our hearts out and we will worship and it will be a center for equipping and a center for mobilization and a house of prayer and a house of worship, a physical building once again, but it will never be the church. It's not the church because you are the church. Why don't you say out loud, I am the church. If someone is in the room with you, why don't you say to them, you are the church. My friends, we are the church first and foremost here today. Right now, our website is incredibly important, but it's not the church. Right now, an online platform for a service is important, but it's not the church. The service itself can be a point of encounter and, and encouragement and gathering and growth, but it's not the church. We are the church. And Jesus says, I will build my church. The Greek word ekklesia, it means a people, an assembly, a, a gathering, a, a local people or a, the church in the earth. It's made up of two parts, ecclesia, and it means out of and called. It, it means the people that are called out. I am building a called out people, an ecclesia, an ecclesia. 114 times in the New Testament, this, the word church comes and 113 of them. This is the word ecclesia. Jesus says, go tell it to the ecclesia, to the people. Paul says, greet the ecclesia, the church, the people that meet in Aquila and Priscilla's house. He writes to the ecclesia, the church in Corinth, the people, it's us. Someone once emailed me uh, at CLM and, and they were telling me what they'd done to help somebody else. And, and, and then they said, I, I don't know why the church didn't do it. And you know, I didn't write this back to them, but I thought, well, do you know what? The church did do it because you did it. It might not have come through my office or Esther's office or the church staff, but the church did do it because you are the church. And Jesus is building his church and the church prevails through every season, through every war, through every trial, through every pandemic, through every plague, through every persecution. It's always prevailed. The church prevails. Why? Because Jesus is 
building it and it is unstoppable in the earth. In the 1930s, a group of believers held a mission and people got saved and got healed and they, in the Great Depression of the 1930s, together they, they came together and they bought a piece of land and they established what is our assembly, our ecclesia CLM, here. And through the Second World War that followed, his church prevailed, his congregation prevailed. You might wonder why I'm stressing this today. Well, I'm stressing it because our nation needs God right now. The world needs God right now. And we might pray, oh, come, Lord Jesus, would you come to our nation? And it's a valid prayer to pray, but we have to understand that he is coming and he does come, but he has one plan to do it, and it's to do it through his people. We are the church, and the church is God's plan. Sometimes we would rather not be the plan. Lord, just, just come yourself, why don't you? Don't, don't put it on us, don't let us mess it up, but it is his plan and there is no plan B. Jesus taught us to pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, and the kingdom comes, the rule and the reign of Jesus, it comes in the earth, but it comes through his people, it comes through the church. The church is God's plan and hearing wonderful stories of people praying for their neighbours and them getting healed, hearing, hearing people sharing their faith, colleagues asking questions about end times and, and being pointed to the Bible and reading the Bible. People inviting their friends to even join these online services and then find their friends finding Jesus and texting in to say, I've prayed a prayer, I want to know. And people stepping out in faith, bringing words and knowledge. The kingdom comes through the people of God, through the church. It's his plan. It's his intent. Jesus says, I'll build my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Some translations say the gates of hell. And this word prevail or, or overcome, katiskayo, it, it, it can be either prevail or overcome. But, but I read from the New King James today because I think prevail is so much better because gates are not offensive, gates are defensive. If you have a gate on your, your garden or your, or your house, it, it's not to go against something, it's to defend something, it's to protect something. Gates are, gates are not to attack, they are to defend. Jesus was not saying here that the church would stand firm against the advancing gates of hell. He said, the gates will not stand against the advancement of the church that I will build. And why is that? Number one, because he's building his church. And number two, because he has the keys to those gates. He says, behold, I was dead, but I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and hell. Jesus makes this statement in Caesarea Philippi, an occult hub, an occult center. And, and historians tell us, and Ed Silvoso unpacks it in his book, Ecclesia. And he tells us that there were different plates of evil and wickedness. And one of them was a, was a cave where there was human and animal sacrifice. And it was known as, colloquially, the gates of Hades. And Jesus here says the gates of Hades will not prevail. He's not talking about that cave. He's talking about the manifestation of wickedness and evil on the earth. My friends, the, the gates of Hades is not some some ethereal, some mystical place in the bowels of the earth where the devil is. The gates of Hades, they, they could be on your street. They could be in your place of work. They could be in your university. The, the places of oppression, the places of wickedness, the places that resist Jesus. But Jesus says, those places will not stand against my people, against my church. As the church shines her light, as the church 
is salt, as the church conveys her love, as you and as I, as we take our eyes of ourselves and we look to Jesus and we allow him to put a miracle through our hands, the gates of hell will not prevail. And this is God's plan. It's his stated purpose. And our plan here at CLM to bring the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Jesus into every life and sphere of society. How? Through the church. And finally, I want to remind us today that the plan is now. Friends, we are the church. The church is his plan and the plan is now. And I wonder if you would lean in just for a few more minutes. I, I need you to concentrate because this is a little bit tricky. If someone's with you, just check that they're awake. Give them a nudge. Sit forward, lean in. Because I want to take you to one of the most incredible sentences, in my opinion, in the whole of the Bible. And it's found in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 to 11. And it says this, it was his intent that now... Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I understand the normal-sized brain cannot compute a sentence like that, so come with me just for a moment. Help, let, let me help us break this down and understand what is being said here because this is key to understanding even what we need to do in this season. The Bible tells us that God was working to an intent. It was his intent. It was his eternal purpose. This means, my friends, that God was working to something before the foundation of the earth where he saw you, even before he said, let there be light. His plan for now was set then and he was working towards it. And it tells us that he accomplished it in Christ Jesus that when Jesus died on the cross and cried out, it is finished, something of that plan was confirmed. But it is being outworked. And what is that plan? That plan, the Bible says, is that the manifold wisdom of God, the, the multiple wisdom of God, the multifaceted wisdom of God. What does this even mean? It means the genius of God, the, the salvation plan of God. How was God going to redeem the whole of humanity? The genius, the plan of God was being made known, is being made known, it's being revealed. Revealed to who? Revealed to rulers, the Bible tells us. And authorities in the heavenly realms. What does this mean? Well, Ephesians 6 tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities of evil in the heavenly realms. It means that even when Jesus rose from the dead, there were some powers of darkness that didn't get it, but they get it now. They, they get it now. Why? Because through the church, they get it and they realize what God was on with all along. They realize that we're not one man Jesus, but hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of millions and a billion believers filled with the Holy Spirit in the earth, bringing the love of God, bringing the grace of God, bringing the kindness of God, bringing the power of God into the world. You with your colleague and, and, and your friend and your housemate and your neighbor. When the kingdom comes through the church, there are some powers of darkness that get it and they realize the gates of hell will not prevail. They understand what God was on with his manifold wisdom from the beginning. And when is it it is this sentence tells us now now it was intent that now I want to tell you when Paul wrote that sentence it was now I want to tell you it is still now 2019 it was now 2020 it's now 
2020-21, as we look ahead into next year, as we move forward towards the Vision Sunday, we say, God, what do you want to do in us and through us in where we are? And as we look ahead, I want to tell you, my friends, it is still now and God is not on pause and the church is not on pause. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. In 10 years time, I wonder if we'll look back on this season and we'll, we'll look back and say, do you remember COVID-19? Do you remember 2020? Do you remember lockdown? Do you remember Boris's hair? You know, we'll, we'll look back and, and we'll, we'll say, wow, that was a tough season for all of us. But I wonder as we look back, we'll see the fruit of this season, whether there will be family sitting among us on that day who got saved in this season, if there, there will not be ground that was taken in this season that has opened things up for the glory of God in 10 years' time, if there are ministries that get established now because there's a different opportunity that brings fruitfulness, because God is working through his church and he's working through his church now is his plan and he has no plan B. I'm not dismissing the needs of the church. I'm not dismissing the, the hardships and the challenges that we are in. But my friends, it is not an either or, it is an and also. It's not time for us to shrink back, but to arise. It's not time for us to hide, but to shine. It's not time for us to retreat in Christ, but by his grace that he might help us to advance. And I want to tell you, he wants to put a miracle through our hands. He wants to put a miracle through your hands. You might not feel very strong or, or anointed or adequate right now and Many of us don't, but I've come to know he's not looking for our adequacy. He's looking for our availability. Some of you have heard the story I've, I've told before here. The first time I prayed for someone who wasn't a Christian to be healed, I was working uh, in my summer holiday as a university student in a pork pie factory. And at five past six one morning, having just arrived, I'm trying to come round. I'm taking pork pies off a line. And this guy comes up to me. I'm in my boiler suit and my hairnet. And the sound of the factory is loud and machinery's crunching away and these pies are coming down and this guy comes up to me and he says, Martin, do you believe in healing? And we talked the day before and I've, I told him that God is alive and that he heals and, and, and I looked at him, I'm like, what? And, and he said, do you believe in healing? I said, yes, you know I believe in healing. He said, well, heal my knee. I remember like looking at him going, what, what's happened? And he, he damaged his knee the night before he was in pain. And I said to him, look, I don't believe I can heal your knee, but God can heal your knee. And he said, well, get God to heal my knee. And I said, look, I believe faith is important in divine healing. Do you believe that God can heal your knee, John? He said, yes. I said, look, let's be real. This time yesterday, you didn't believe God existed. And now you believe he can heal your knee. And let me tell you, in this moment, I had a choice. Was I going to make room for God to put a miracle through my hands? I want to tell you, I did not feel adequate. You do not feel anointed. There's no keyboard standing in a boiler suit and a hairnet in a pork pie factory. But I said to him, I believe God can heal your knee. And I'm willing to pray for you if you'd like me to pray for you. He says, get on and do it. And I, I press the red button. We stopped the pies coming down. And there in the factory at five past six in the morning, I knelt down and I prayed for his knee. And I wanted to, I'd love to be able to tell you that he said, what must I do to be saved? But actually he let out some words that I cannot repeat in this service and in this broadcast. 
because something happened and it freaked him out and he, he actually rushed out of the factory, he disappeared for two hours and when he came back, he said, Martin, that was the strangest thing, that was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. I didn't think anything was gonna happen, but as you prayed, some things started knitting together and moving on the inside of my knee and it opened up a whole other realm of conversation, not because I was adequate, but because I was available. My friends, I wanna tell you, that if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, He wants to put a miracle through your hands. That even though you might be walking through challenges and walking through your own fiery furnace right now, God still wants to put a miracle through your hands. That for us as a church, God wants to put a miracle through our hands. Will we be ready? Because He has no plan B. Lord, we pray, would you use us? Would you pray, God, would you work through us? I pray for my brothers and my sisters. I pray, Lord, for everyone, however adequate or anointed they may or may not feel, we would make ourselves available. I pray, God, we would be your people, your hands and feet, your church, your ecclesia, the ones you called out. And through us now in our city, we would bring the kingdom that the gates of Hades will not prevail even this week. And in the coming season, we pray, God, you would put a miracle through our hands for your glory in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.